Hey my friend, my name is Joe Bakmotsky and welcome to Simplify Cancer Podcast. Listen, having made it past cancer myself, I know exactly what it's like to be living with uncertainty every single day of your life. Especially now, in the time of COVID-19 pandemic, life is even more challenging, especially for those of us who, one way or another, have been touched by cancer. Now, more than ever, we need better ways of navigating the everyday reality of life beyond cancer. And while restrictions might be relaxing, we're all still adjusting to the new normal. And we gotta remember that this is still a pandemic and we all wanna do our best to stay safe. And if you wanna get better at dealing with isolation and keeping in good shape and keeping your energy levels up, well, you're gonna love this episode because today I'm talking to Dale Iskia and Dale is an exercise physiologist who specializes in exercise and cancer. Yeah, Dale, thanks. <laughs> I've been really looking forward to talking to you. And just first off, I just want to say that, look, while the restrictions are all relaxing and we're returning to, I guess what everyone seems to be saying is the new normal, uh, I guess we all still need to remember that we are living in a pandemic and that we all need to be vigilant and to remain careful in what we do, especially those of us while living with cancer. You know, Del, for me, it's, it's been, uh, you know, also, uh, also a scary time as well, even though I'm out of, uh, of course, active treatment. And, but, you know, after ev- everything that's happened with chemotherapy and operation, you know, I, I'm still always mindful of everything that's been happening with the restrictions. But, you know, there is a part of me that also has taken something positive out of it as well in a weird way because it's it's been an opportunity to just reconnect with the family just find things around the house that maybe i didn't get to spend as much time on what's it been like for you well as uh we were talking before when we were were chatting for me it's been from a personal perspective very challenging in terms of running a business and running a family, homeschooling my kids has been quite a nightmare, although there's been some positives as well with regards to that, finding out that one of my kids was actually struggling quite a bit at school and we've been able to pick that up and help him. But, yeah, if we have to go to, go into lockdown again, that uh, homeschooling thing is going to be quite difficult to go back to. In terms of running a business and helping all my clients with cancer of course they're understandably initially wanted to all stay at home and protect themselves from a infection point of view and we very immediately went to video consultations which which was great and very well received and in fact we'll keep doing that for people who are immune compromised it's been a you know really pushing us into the use of and getting the most out of video consultations so we'll continue that but yeah, from a business perspective, it was quite difficult. But thank goodness the JobKeeper kept the business going. Well, it's great to see that you're back on track and you're doing video consultations. And you had the class. I mean, we saw your class, which, which was really cool to see everyone just doing their stuff. Now, Dale, I mean, exercise is really not the first thing that comes to mind, you know, when, we, when someone's been through cancer. So tell us, like, is, is that even a good idea to exercise, especially in the time of COVID-19? 
Well, absolutely, especially in the time of COVID-19, it's even more important to exercise for people with a cancer diagnosis or not. You know, exercise is one of the reasons when we were in lockdown, one of the reasons we were given that we could leave our house was to exercise. The World Health Health Organisation, the DHHS, all recommend that we should be exercising as an essential activity, an essential reason why we should leave our house. And, and that's mainly because there's so many physical and psychological benefits to exercise. You know, they say if you could actually put all the benefits of exercise into a pill, everyone would be taking this pill. It's just totally essential. But the two main reasons it's so important to exercise right now is because of the benefits it provides to our immune system and also how it supports our mental health. So, you know, a lot of people are quite stressed during COVID-19 and exercise certainly helps with those stress levels, um, improves your mood. A lot of people are finding that they are exercising less because of the less incidental activity that we're doing. People working from home, they're not walking to the train anymore. They're not walking up the stairs at work and they're not walking their kids to school. So we've got to really make an effort to actually make time to exercise. So some people I've certainly noticed in our client population, people are putting on weight, you know, they're calling it the COVID kilos. So we really need to exercise to make sure we don't put on those COVID kilos or try and lose those COVID kilos, you know, and there's cardiovascular benefits, body composition benefits, brain function benefits. Um, if you're sitting all day long, you sort of lose your ability to focus, really. You really should get up and move. And yeah, so talking about immune function, so exercise reduces the incidence of many chronic diseases, including um, infectious diseases, basically, such as viral and bacterial infections. Yeah, so when we prescribe exercise at the right dose, it actually improves our immune function. And it also reduces inflammation and improves mental health, as I said, and anxiety. Cool. Dale, Dale, I love how you said that you prescribe exercise. I mean, as exercise physiologist, that is something that is, is like, it's a, it's, it's a magical thing. It's what, what's, it really is what's good to us. And you talked about the benefits to the immune system and to the mental health and to just physically being out and about, which really brings us into shape. I also love the new term that you gave us. I kind of collect this into my personal collection, COVID kilos. That's cool. I, I love that because it's um it's something that it's it sounds a lot better than I think changes in body composition. No, I remember when I finished my chemotherapy treatment and I was, you know, I was on steroids and I was and it made me put on heaps and heaps of weight. And I remember when my oncologist said you <laughs> your body composition has changed. I was like what are you talking about? And only then I realized it was kind of a polite way of saying <laughs> they really need to lose weight. So yeah, it's, it's, it's absolutely huge for that. Tell me, Dale, how can uh, exercise also help with recovery after cancer treatment? So, well, cancer in its treatment is like a rapid aging process. You think of all the systems of the body suddenly aging. 12 weeks of chemotherapy is similar to a decade of decline in your cardiovascular fitness. You've also got decline in your muscular system, in your muscle mass often, in your neurological system. You know, people can develop peripheral neuropathy. So 
exercise, it's, it's a deconditioning process. So exercise basically reverses that deconditioning process. There's, and there's also mental ben- benefits that we spoke about. But also, you know, there might be specific ways exercise can help for specific um, cancers or specific treatment. For example, you know, any surgery involving the abdominal wall or abdominal cavity like bowel surgery or ovarian cancer surgery, exercise needs to focus on core strength or for a man who's undergone a prostatectomy, they need to focus on pelvic floor exercises or a woman who's gone through breast cancer surgery need to focus on postural exercise and range of movement exercises, or a man who's undergoing androgen deprivation therapy for prostate cancer needs to work on you know, muscle strengthening, muscle mass building, bone density work. Also, cancer-related fatigue is another big factor, and it's been proven to be one of the most beneficial exercises, the most beneficial treatment for cancer-related fatigue. And also the jury is out a little bit, but peripheral neuropathy is a main side effect and that also affects your balance. And certainly exercise can help maintain your balance throughout chemotherapy. But we're not sure if we can actually reduce the symptom of peripheral neuropathy, but we can certainly um, help with the balance side of things. Yeah, that's huge, Dale. And I I really, I was, uh, again, struck by uh, some of those numbers that you you gave about you know how the body is deconditioned by cancer treatment. I went through like a twelve weeks uh, cycle of chemo, so that really puts into perspective even for me personally. And it sounds like you um, a huge part of what you are doing is also providing targeted exercise depending on specific you know cancers uh, that people had and, and specific treatments. They've had them maybe after effects that they have to they have to deal with, right? Exactly, absolutely. It's all um, it's about tailored tailoring the exercise prescription to the person. Yeah, I, I feel not. We're not talking about enough. Is just how much energy it gives you. I've noticed that this like I've been kind of tr- transformed by exercise because I I've never really been into exercise before, and now I'm jogging. I'm doing exercise. It's really kind of changed my life in a huge way. And one thing I did not expect, Dale, because we talked about, uh, we always talk about, you know, other benefits, but I didn't expect to have so much more energy. And, and, and I think this is so huge right now. So tell me, like, when it comes to really maintaining a good level of energy, when you're living through the pandemic, through these crazy times, what would be, I guess, a top strategy that you would recommend for someone perhaps who's in isolation? Well, I love what you said before, Joe. then about that you've never been so fit because often for people, receiving a cancer diagnosis is a teachable moment. Absolutely. Uh, you know, like it or not. But people actually, actually take this opportunity and say, damn, I've got to improve my life. It's now or never, so it's very motivating, which is why I love working with these clients because they really want to improve themselves. They're, it's just they're just the best clients. So you get results because people are doing what you say. <laughs> that's what that's what you want. So it's great. It's so good to hear you say that. Yeah. So, but in terms of you know maintaining your level of energy now, and we're in isolation, I think the. Probably the number one thing I would recommend is exercising outside 
if it, even if it's raining sometimes, but ideally in the sunlight, exercising outside with a friend, either chatting to them on your iPod or listening to some music, something uplifting, something you enjoy. It's got to be enjoyable. And combining that with a friend is really nice, but you might also like listening to a podcast when you're exercising, <laughs> um, which is, I know a lot of my friends do and I do as well um, if I'm not talking to a friend. So you can kill, kill a, you know, two birds with one stone. And, of course, you know, it's, it's got to be enjoyable, healthy diet and nutrition, and the sunlight is very positive. You know, reducing your alcohol consumption, which I believe is very difficult during uh, isolation, can also help improve your your energy levels and crank up that music. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because when I think it's, uh, I think they'll like when you are having a good time, which is I think what I'm hearing you say is it shouldn't be something that you can just force yourself into, but you try to make it fun. You 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 make it interesting. And that's where you're likely to kind of keep on doing it. Is that right? Yeah. And often it's the first step out the door is the hardest, right? Once you're out the door, it's fine. You can keep going. It's that actually getting yourself off the couch, putting your shoes on and getting out the door is the hardest bit. So, yeah, often I tell people just, go, you know, walk around the block. And in the end, they'll walk a lot further than that because they feel better It's once you're, once you're moving. Yeah, exactly. It's just you, you but you got to get started. And so, Dale, so how do you build like good habits during the pandemic? I know you, we talk about the importance of getting started and, and, and making things happen that way. But how do you, how do you kind of structure things in a way that you can do it consistently and in a sustainable way? Well, there's two quotes I like. Motivation gets you going, which is what we're sort of talking about. But routine keeps you going. If it's a routine, if it's a commitment, that you make right at eight o'clock every morning I'm going to be heading out the door and doing this every day or whatever it's going to be if you have that same routine exercising in the morning is probably the most energetic time for people so yeah scheduling it putting it in your diary making an appointment with yourself or with a friend joining an online online group class oh and the other quote that I like is little by little a little becomes a lot so it's just about making tiny changes and tiny habits not feeling like you're overwhelmed by by something um you know by a massive goal you've got to break it down so that's probably my my main main two points of advice is is routine basically and habit it's got to be a habit yeah, that's fantastic. And I love your wisdom of, of kind of just doing it bit by bit and not trying, I guess, to change too much. And you, you touched on exercising in the mornings. Is there a reason why, like having, for example, a maybe an, a, a routine that you do in terms of exercise, is there a reason why it's better to do in the morning? It's actually the whatever works best for you but for the majority of people they find that they have more energy in the morning you know some people like doing it as soon as they wake up for a lot of people that are going through cancer treatment 10 a.m seems to be around the right time and that's of course if you don't have you know work commitments or whatever so for some people exercising before work if you if you don't have the work commitments 10 a.m seems to be good because you've got your morning routine out of the way feel like you, you're free to exercise 
And then we tend to have this natural lull of energy in the early afternoon, which is, you know, the, the Spanish siesta time. A lot of people naturally have a low there. So it's just, it's part of your circadian rhythm throughout the day, which is why the sunshine is really important to maintain that circadian rhythm in terms of energy levels and sleep patterns. Yeah, wow. That's, um, yeah, that's fascinating, Dale. And so uh, tell me, what is like the safest form of exercise outside? Both, I, both, I guess, from the perspective for your body, but also. In the current uh, climate of you know of COVID nineteen, uh, and especially you know when you've been through treatment and you're mindful of of course of picking uh, up any kind of infection, yeah. So what would be the safest form of exercise outside? Basically, it comes down to how much distance you can maintain between you yourself and someone else. Um, in terms of infection control, so when we're actually increasing our respiration. The distance we should have is two meters apart rather than the 1.5 because, you know, if you've ever watched your breath when you're exerting yourself on a cold day, your breath actually travels quite a distance. Uh, there was some really good graphics actually showing someone running and the breath going behind them and how far that travels. I mean, walking is the easiest exercise to do to isolate yourself. And of course, you know, anything that stops, you know, you're not touching someone else. I, I'm only hesitating with walking that, that is, you know, walking is the easiest, absolutely wonderful exercise. But I've also seen a few injuries where people are really ramping up their walking. It's the only exercise they're doing now. So they're overdoing it on one particular exercise. So I just want to make the point that it's very beneficial to do different forms of exercise as well, it not just be the one thing over and over again. You should mix it up with a bit of strength training or stationary bike riding if you can get your hands on it or, or bike riding outside but just not on a really busy track. I know our local bike tracks, through the school holidays, the last school holidays were absolutely jam-packed with people and people were avoiding the bike paths and actually going on the footpaths because they were less busy. You know, finding a hill to walk up is great for increasing intensity and you can do resistance exercise at home using your body weight or exercise bands. Balance exercises are easy to do and, of course, stretches are important to do, especially if you're you know, doing repetitive movements, you should definitely be stretching. Yes. And I just want to make a point with regards to the routine and morning routine. That morning routine also, especially if you're exercising before work and you're needing to get up early, it starts the night before. So actually trying to go to bed earlier so your energy levels are improved with really good sleep patterns. It's number one important is, is your sleep. So trying to eliminate caffeine and sugar, you know, in the evening and afternoon. Like for me, I can't have caffeine after 12 noon because it will affect me sleeping. Um, I can't have sugar after, you know, 6 o'clock. And then stop eating like 7 or 8 p.m. So then your body doesn't need to be digesting a heavy meal or any meal when you're actually hitting the, the pillow and lay out your clothes the night before so you're ready to go. You just basically get up, get into your clothes and you're, you're all, 
almost out the door already, which is which is a really good habit to have. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Dale. And um, you've just uh, basically ruined my life. If I can't have caffeine after midday, that's that's makes things difficult. <laughs> no, that's all good. Like this. This is Sorry, no, no, this is great advice because <laughs> you're saying you know the fact that we have to kind of think about I guess what you're talking about is kind of a whole life view that we gotta start to think well what am I gonna eat that might really affect how I feel tomorrow and that's that's a that's a really big deal and I want to touch back on like what you was talking about like the intensity of exercise and and the running I know when I'm really going for it like yeah like I'm sure that my breath goes just everywhere it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's really yes, I think you're making a really great point that you know it's uh, it's it's just being mindful of keeping your distance and 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 as as much as you can in order to be safe but at the same time getting um you know to getting at that range of different types of exercise different types of activities to really mix it all up right yes yep. yeah exactly so so Dale you know like with I guess uh, that kind of makes me you know think of you know all the different challenges that that we have after treatment you know especially you know maybe things like you know the risk of kind of late effects after treatment like cardiovascular disease that might kind of hang over our heads and stuff what do you think what advice do you have for like a cancer survivor how to stay fit or maybe get into better shape well, yeah, there's there's absolutely a lot of effects, that, like late effects that can crop up after treatment, um, and side effects that can linger around, um, like your changes in your body composition. Fatigue can last for a, you know a year or two for some people, and you can get yeah late effects like cardiomyopathies, which are very important to keep an eye on. You know, so I always tell if if someone's had a chemotherapy agent that predisposes them to cardiomyopathies to always keep an eye out for you know short unexplained shortness of breath swelling in their ankles swelling in their neck and um, that they should go to a doctor immediately but exercise and a healthy diet are important to maintain or to manage all these side effects but it's really important to get individual advice from an exercise physiologist ideally with one with further training in oncology because we tend to, well, we do take undertake a full assessment. And so these late effects not only benefit from exercise, but they must be considered when prescribing exercise. So, for example, if someone, for your cardiovascular health and fitness, we take resting measures like your blood pressure, resting heart rate, oxygen saturation, and then we'll perform a submax VO2 test. So that's a measurement of your cardiovascular fitness. So we're watching what your heart rate does in response to exercise. And then we also afterwards watch your recovery from that exercise. So for example, a healthy recovery would be a 40 beat per minute drop in your heart rate a minute after stopping exercise is a really good recovery. And when you're exercising, we would expect if we're increasing the intensity, we would expect to see a nice linear line of heart rate increase. And we also look at a thing called a Borg scale, a perceived rate of exertion scale. So on this scale, six means resting, I'm not doing anything, um, like sitting on the couch, and 20 is pushing yourself so hard you're going to pass out. We never want to get to the point where we're um, at 20. Um, but we want to 
want to exercise at a moderate zone. So we also look at your heart rate and compare it to your perception of effort and see if they match as well. So when you're going through chemotherapy, your resting heart rate and your working heart rate is typically about 10 beats higher than it was before, which, which you know, translates back to that decrease in your cardiovascular fitness. Yeah, absolutely. I, and and th that makes so much sense, Dale. And I I, uh, I really like that that what you're describing is that you're really talking about how to push yourself hard enough to get results, but at the same time, not push yourself too much so that you know, it becomes a strain. And that's where I guess you come in with trying to work out find that balance that you're talking about what what is good for you versus you know what, what you can actually do is that right yes absolutely um and and the same thing you know in terms of gaining cardiovascular fitness without causing strain it's also a similar question around your uh, immune function we want to exercise at a level that is beneficial to our immune system and if we exercise beyond our capabilities beyond what our body can cope with at the time it can be detrimental to our immune system yeah wow so it's it's kind of uh, keeping both uh, both sides in balance that's 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 so huge so yeah it's it's if you don't do the right things it might actually do damage by the sounds of it it can do it can if you it's usually you have to push yourself reasonably hard to to cause damage and a lot of people are pretty sensible in self-regulating their intensity but it is good to have a guide and to understand you know where that where where that intensity should be yeah absolutely and you know as we're talking about exercise of course it's something that does kind of naturally lend itself to kind of maybe improving your diet we kind of mentioned eating habits particularly around you know kind of starting you know the day before what are some of the realistic things that you could do i guess with respect to nutrition that you could recommend to someone who's dealing with cancer well i would probably want to leave the intricacies of that response to the dietitians that specialize in oncology because there are specific things for um, different cancers that need to be understood but of course a healthy diet that contains lots of vegetables and fruits and enough protein so your body can have the right energy to sustain you throughout the day so yeah lots of nutrients nutrient dense food is the best and you were saying that avoiding alcohol that sounds like a pretty reasonable thing to do at least for most of the time yeah I believe a lot of people are struggling with that during the COVID period. But, you know, ideally, you want to leave alcohol to the weekends, just, you know, a couple of glasses on the weekends. But I understand, um, you know, when people are going through cancer treatment, they don't even feel like it anyway. So it's a pretty easy thing to leave out. But once you're recovered, uh, yeah, you need to you need to limit your consumption. It's for numerous reasons numerous health reasons um that you shouldn't have too much alcohol yeah i mean i just noticed well again when i kind of went on my kind of healthy bent i noticed that just uh you know not drinking again it caused a massive uh, just spike in energy levels i just feel so much 
better. Uh, like I just because uh, when you drink, you feel exhausted the next day. It just wears you out. So I think that's in itself just makes a massive change. And I think when you put all of those things together and you start to stack them up, uh, I think what you're talking about, you know, having a healthy lifestyle in terms of active life and, and hopefully having someone like yourself to kind of guide you in, in the right way can make a huge difference. Is there anything else, Dale, that you would recommend to stay in good shape, you know, mentally, emotionally, socially, right? Like just to keep yourself sane and in good shape in the time of pandemic is there anything else that comes to mind well definitely stay staying connected staying connected with your friends with your family via zoom get on board with you know your technology if you haven't yet making sure you're having good conversations all through you know zoom or facetime making sure that you are getting enough exercise remaining socially distant of course joining an online exercise group there's a lot of like we're doing a lot of uh, exercise classes online as well and there might be an an exercise physiologist and all your healthcare professionals are now going online which is really helpful make sure you're leaving your health checks until this is over because it may well be a long time so if you're concerned about anything certainly uh go see your health professional but yeah and exercise physiologists we're all online now so they can help you uh making make sure you're exercising at the right right dose and exercise prescription for you that, that all sounds really great so tell me how do you go about really working with someone to really assess where they're at and and then kind of guide them through what they need especially in this time with, with the pandemic and, and looking at people's specific needs so we look at things like their cardiovascular profile, what I mentioned before, blood pressure, resting heart rate, oxygen saturation, doing the cardiovascular fitness test. We look at their body composition because things like muscle mass and visceral fat are particularly important um, in terms of survival and recurrence. We look at range of movement if that's a appropriate and we look at different strength measures like grip strength sit to stand um, we test balance we test fatigue and then we discuss goals what people are hoping to achieve through exercise and then prescribe an exercise program now that exercise program might be performed at home or part of one of our groups or um, at their own facility and then we check in with them either you know if someone's coming to us regularly we will um you know modify this program accordingly and progress it as required and according to their goals as well yeah thanks so much Dell. it sounds like there's a lot of flexibility there and i think it's it's been you know you've given some really fantastic advice around how to really change your life in a way that that works for you that, that it doesn't sound like it's it's something that is overwhelming which is something that i guess we don't want especially after cancer but just kind of where you can come in and do it in a way that really works for you and i, I was really just want to touch on that I, I was really pleased to see uh, to hear you say that you like kind of love working with people after cancer because they've had the, you know this change of perspective and and it's it really sounds like it's something that you're passionate about right 
Absolutely. Absolutely. I've been an exercise physiologist for many years now, about 25 years. So I think I've found the, the clients that I enjoy working with the most for the reasons I said. They're just, they're, you know, normal people going through an extraordinary time in their lives and I can make a real difference to them. So it's very, very rewarding. Yeah, that's fantastic, Dal. Thank you for what you do in the world. And we all live in, in extraordinary times as well with the pandemic. So thank you for sharing that. I think that can help people as well. And, and they know that you're where they can turn to for kind of help and advice there as well. So thanks so much, Dale. For sure. You are very welcome, Joe. Thanks so much for inviting me on your podcast. Hey, my friend, this is Joe Bakmulski, host of the Simplify Cancer podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in because I know that this is an especially crazy time for all of us. And if you're struggling a little bit right now with the lockdown, with the COVID-19 pandemic, then I, I, I urge you to check out my 14-day lockdown challenge. How to stay sane, steady and strong in the time of pandemic. You know, each day I'm sharing what I've really learned from cancer about dealing with isolation, with worry and fear. And each day we're going to tackle a different topic. So if that sounds interesting to you, then go to 14day, that's 14daylockdownchallenge.com. Also, if you're a cancer patient who's going through you know, potential cancer treatment right now, then I urge you to go to simplifycancer.com and check out some of the free tools that I've created to kind of help you out along the way. If you go to simplifycancer.com to the tools section, you're going to find out the outcome map, which just shows you how to really work through specific worries, like in milestones, like, like a checkup, or maybe some specific symptoms that you've got, like an ache or a pain, and kind of figure out what to do next. It's a really simple tool that can help you to really work through that. There's also online community guide, which is how to really find the top three online communities for most cancer. So you can really check in with people who've been through it before, like connect with them, ask questions. They're gonna be there for you because they know exactly what it's like, you know, what to expect from treatment and beyond. Also, I've got a PDF called your first oncologist visit checklist. And here I've got all the questions that you want to be asking your specialist. So you can just print it out and take it with you. There's room to make notes. And also make sure that you can kind of prompt the conversation and make sure that you really don't forget. The other thing I've got for you is the testicular cancer support kit. I've done a whole bunch of videos for you on the things that you can really, you know, find out about dealing with testicular cancer from the perspective of someone who's been through it. This is not medical advice. This is just from my personal experience of dealing with cancer. Things that questions that you might have about fertility, about having sex, all of that sort of stuff. Like how does it feel, and guide you along the way, and hopefully make your journey easier. So check that out as well. And speaking of my experience, you might also want to check out <laughs> Simplify Cancer. Man's Guide to Navigating the Everyday Reality of Cancer. This is the book that I wrote talking about the four main challenges that all of us guys must overcome when we're dealing with cancer. If you're interested in seeing what that's all about, 
Go to simplifycancer.com. The links are pretty much <laughs> everywhere on the website. And you know, I'll tell you more about it. Other than that, thanks so much for tuning in. I'll talk to you next time. This podcast was produced with the support of Jensen Australia and New Zealand. Jensen Silek Proprietary Limited. Views and opinions expressed in this presentation are those of the presenters alone and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinion of Jensen Silek Proprietary Limited or any employees thereof.